Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So here we are. Mm. Solstice was um, the day before yesterday. Christmas, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. Christmas is in a couple of days. We're right in the in the thick of it, in the heart of a time when everyone realizes how precious it is to uh, bring light into our lives. All the the holidays around this time. Um, are really about coming into the light, bringing the light, uh, Hanukkah, lighting the, uh, the candles for eight days, and, uh, and Christmas, and solstice, and uh, other holidays, Kwanzaa, and, and all. Because this is the, the time, the darkest time of the year. And when it when there's not that much light, the mind can easily um, get into um, the unknown and can feel a bit closed in and feel um, lost at times. So humans have created these these celebrations so that we can remember the light. And now, uh, having solstice a couple of days ago, one thing I when I passed that that turning point, there's something um, that I love about thinking that every day it's going to get a little bit lighter and lighter from here on for the next six months. But I thought for tonight, since we're just at solstice and Christmas and this uh, time of the year that uh, I'd share um, I'd share a few thoughts and practices. This is going to be a more practice oriented talk, uh, not just to sit back and have some entertainment, but hopefully you're going to get in touch with your uh, your own light inside. Um, and I wanted to share it um, from, I was really inspired a few days ago. I heard a talk by Ajahn Amaro, um, which let's see if I can, uh, if I can uh, catch it, hold on a second. I can maybe put it in the, in the chat box. Uh, it was a lovely talk. Ajahn Amaro is one of my favorite Dharma teachers. Here it is. Um, and um, he, there's, if you haven't heard him before, he's a kind of, uh, he's really wise and really deep, the head of the Amaravati uh, monastery, an old friend, a dear friend. Uh, and he gave this talk um, a couple of months ago, actually, 
Um, but uh, when somebody sent me the link, I said, oh, great, a new talk by Ajahn Amaro. How wonderful, um, because he's, he's funny and he's down to earth and he's really deep and really wise. So there is the talk that I'm borrowing some of the points that he made and thought we could turn it into a practice talk. Uh, and in this, in this talk, uh, it was uh, one of the things that he talked about was, um, it was actually talk about opening to death as part of the doc, talk. Oh, can't copy link. Can people not copy the link? Is it not copyable? Somebody wrote me that they can't copy the link. Um, can people, can other people copy the link? No? Hmm, okay. Well, okay. Well, there is the link. If you go to Amaro, um, what's the name of the talk? Let me see if I can get it. The, the talk is Nursing Her Wrath, W-R-A-T-H, uh, from Abayagiri. Uh, that'll do it. Sorry about that. Anyway, Phil says, just click on it, another person. It works for me. Oh, yeah, you can click on it, and then you'll get it on another part of your uh, of your computer. But then come back to us on the Zoom link. Um, so it was a talk, actually, about uh, opening to dying and being there at the, at the moment of death. And he was talking about what do you want to... Uh, have in your mind at the moment of death. And he talked about uh, four different recollections that he advised that I want to share with you. I'll say a little bit about each of them and then we can practice them. And hopefully uh, uh, it's good to keep in mind. You never know when is your time, but uh, we don't have to practice this for our death right now, but it's a good thing to keep in mind when that time comes, I do a lot of practicing and rehearsing my my death, which is something the Buddha contemplate said to contemplate uh, regularly. But this is about um, opening your heart and not holding on to stuff that's uh, that's keeping you down or that's that's weighing you down in your mind. Um, and there are four practices uh, that he shared that I want to talk a bit about with you. Mm. I also want to mention, oh yes, how, before we get into the practices, how this time there's something about the collective consciousness of the holiday spirit. Now, sometimes this can feel like a pressure if you're feeling alone or you're feeling um, uh, in, a, in a hard place in your, in your life and you see Christmas trimmings and, uh, and, and hearing that, oh, this is a time to be happy and all. Sometimes that can be added pressure to not when you're not feeling that. So I really want to um, honor and respect all the more why we need to open up our hearts. But there is something about everybody 
going through this period together, I don't know whether it's just my imagination or what, but I kind of sense this time of deeper reflection and a time that there's a collective slowing down, connecting with our loved ones, if we're fortunate enough to be live in person with them or else uh, over Zoom or connecting with our friends or the people closest with us, that um, it brings out the best in people often, not always, but often. And I wanted to share this story that probably many of you are familiar with, but it's so beautiful that uh, it, I was reminded as I was thinking about this time for everyone to, um, to let go of their smallness and connect and appreciate. And this is the, the story of the Christmas truce in 1914. How many people are familiar with this story? Uh, great. Well, we can share it together. Um, and it's not a, a, um, a, a, a sweet rendition of it, because I, I just got it out of Wikipedia just a few moments before we came on. But this is the story. It's real. This is not just a, you know, some kind of fanciful thing. This really happened. The truce occurred, this is during the First World War, five months after hostilities had begun. Mm. The lulls occurred in the fighting as armies ran out of men and munitions and commanders reconsidered their strategies following a stalemate at the race to the sea, some battle and the indecisive result of the first battle of Ypres. In the weeks leading up to the 25th of December, French, German, and British soldiers crossed trenches to exchange seasonal greetings and talk. In some areas, men from both sides ventured into no man's land. And on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, they mingled and exchanged food and souvenirs. There were joint burial ceremonies and prisoner swaps, while several meetings ended in carol singing. Men played games of football with one another, creating one of the most memorable images of the truce. Hostilities continued in some sectors, while in others the sides settled on little more than arrangements to recover bodies. The following year, a few units arranged ceasefires, but the truces were not nearly as widespread as in 1914. This was in part due to strongly worded orders from commanders prohibiting truces. Soldiers were no longer amenable to truce by 1916, and the war had become increasingly bitter after the human losses suffered during the battles of 1915. Isn't that amazing? We, we want, we want to open our hearts. We have to be ordered to close them or to hurt others. But that's not, 
that's not the true nature of who we really are when the mind isn't caught in fear or hatred. That's who we really are. So at this time, I wanted to offer these um, four recollections that Amaro suggested to keep in mind be out on your deathbed or as you're nearing the end. And any time, I think to me, it applies to open up our heart. So the first of these are, uh, is the recollection on uh, gratitude. And um, in this talk, actually, by Amaro, I learned, I learned two new Pali words. I was so excited. Uh, and one word that, um, that, I, that he mentioned was a variation on the, the word for, um, for gratitude. The usual word is katanyu. Uh, which you go into Spirit Rock, there's a meditation uh, hut with uh, gratitude for all of uh, the um, ancestors and uh, Dharma, uh, Dharma um, teachers in, our, in lineages. So I knew that word kata, katanyu, but this is, he talked about the word katavedi, uh, whoops. And here is how it's spelled. Katavedi, which means the, the feeling when you're grateful that you want to give back or you want to show your appreciation. I love that word. When we're feeling so, so grateful, our hearts kind of overflow and we're moved to give back. Just like when we're when we see suffering, we're moved to act in compassion to relieve it. When we've been blessed, we're moved to want to pay it forward or to give back or to show our appreciation. So we don't have to um, wait until we're moved to uh, to do that. Just a reflection on gratitude is a really powerful doorway to open, open the heart. It's one of the most direct ways in the Awakening Joy course I teach. It's, it's the most direct way to open the heart, and then you can open up to the suffering. So I would like us just for a few moments, um, if you have something to write with, uh, then see if you can get a piece of paper. If not, then you can just do it uh, internally. But when you write something down, it just it becomes even more alive. So I'd like you first to just, uh, before you write, just close your eyes and look back on this year, on all those that you feel gratitude for. All those who supported you. All those in your life that are a blessing for you. 
And then as you reflect on it, it's been a long year. Those who came to respond to you in times of need, those who just uh, share their friendship and uh, are benefactors in that way, your, your dog or your cat or your children or whatever, all, the, all those who you're grateful for, And now take a few moments and write them down. And as you're writing them down, just give a, a simple thank you with each name. Imagine them, wish them well, and give a simple thank you right from your heart. And if there's not that many that you can think of, then you can start thinking of uh, the other blessings in your life, that you're alive, that your body is supporting you to whatever extent it, it can, that right now you have a roof over your head, food available on your table. There's something really powerful about just stopping and tuning into all the ways that life loves you. We can so easily miss it. And if you're finished writing or looking at your list, then just go inside for a few moments now. And you can just go through that little Rolodex at whatever pace you'd like and give a silent thank you to each of those beings or to life. Take your time, don't rush it. with whatever is happening in your life, there's probably a lot to be grateful for. 
just even the fact that you want to share some quiet and, and the Dharma with others on a Thursday night, there must be something really good happening inside your heart. Don't miss it. And now just relax in that feeling. Notice how it feels in your body and in your mind and in your heart. Don't need to squeeze anything out. Just don't miss it. Just enjoy the grateful heart. And for um, an extra credit assignment, uh, just know that uh, in the Buddhist teachings, it's one thing to have that feeling of gratitude, but when you express it in words or actions, the karmic impact is much greater. So um, people on your list, you might just let them know next time you speak to them or see them. I mean, why not? Why, why keep it to yourself? Let them know and just, you might even say, hey, I was writing a gratitude list and you were right there. You know? And when people tell you how, that they're grateful to you, you remember it, don't you? So yeah, why not spread some joy? In the Blessing Sutta, the Buddha says, to be content and grateful, this is a blessing supreme. Okay, second practice. Forgiveness. Uh, we can be holding on to stuff for a long time and we're the ones that are contracted and closed. So here we are, whether or not we're on our deathbed, and Amaro said, you don't want to be holding onto those things as you're leaving. You want to really allow and, and feel a sense of completion. But we don't have to wait until then. Forgiveness is a, is, a, is a very powerful thing and a tricky thing. Sometimes we're not ready to forgive. And so don't go anywhere that you're not ready to forgive. If you wish you could forgive, but you're not there, then just tune into the wish because that in itself is, is wholesome. Uh, but you might think of... People that your heart gets contracted around, and we don't have to go into uh, into people that you don't know on the on the public scene right now. 
that that's that's a whole separate level of forgiveness. But maybe there's something incomplete between you and someone else. If you're ready to, sometimes you're not ready and you really need to honor that. But if you wish you could forgive, realize that you're the one that is benefiting because when the heart is contracted, that person might be on in Hawaii having a great time, but you're thinking about them and your heart is contracting. So who's suffering? I love that quote from um, Desmond Tutu. He says, forgiveness is the highest form of self-interest. I need to forgive so that my own uh, anger and lust for revenge does not corrode my own being. So this is for us that we're, we're learning. And uh, so you might just bring one person to mind. Okay. In your own best interest, in your own self-interest, You've been carrying around something for a while. And if you can get in touch with the fact that whatever people do, either they're not seeing clearly or they're not meeting our expectations or they're confused in some way as Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them, they know not what they do. One of the most profound of all teachings. Just see if in your heart, you can just start to practice a little bit. Is there some way that you're suffering because your heart is closed? And if so, Can you see through that confusion to the, the being inside who really wants to know how to love and express their love and caring, who just gets lost? And see if it's possible to forgive the confusion, sorry, to for, yeah, to forgive the confusion, not necessarily to say it's okay, but just see, oh, they just were confused or they just didn't meet my expectations or my hopes. And just incline the mind. Imagine them on their deathbed, or you on yours, do you want to hold that on to that? And as I said before, if you're not ready to do that, then just be right where you are and forgive yourself for being right where you are. But if you are, just see about releasing 
a little bit the grip with the wisest, most compassionate part of you, holding that confused being. or that being that has a different reality than yours. Whoops. And as well, mm, there might be people that you have unfinished business with that maybe you acted in, a, in an unskillful way. And so see that with humility and perhaps if it comes there comes an opportunity to um, to come to some kind of resolution with them and apologize if that's if that's called for. Okay, third practice, after gratitude and forgiving others is then turning your awareness towards yourself. And this third one is forgiving ourselves for all the ways that we didn't measure up or that we missed the mark, the real definition of sin, just missing the mark. What are we holding on to? What are we keeping ourselves from appreciating? And just reflect, maybe before you write anything down, just reflect on the mm, that place inside that can be hard on ourselves and how it's it just gets confused and lost and has very high standards. What needs forgiveness right now towards yourself? Your impatience? your wanting, your consumption. Ways that you don't show up as much as you would like, just see. And whatever comes, see if the wisest part of you 
can forgive yourself. You might do a little bit of self-compassion and if it feels right, put your hand on your heart or some kind touch. And just know that there's a, a little one inside of us. We're all just little boys and girls in big bodies that needs understanding, not berating. And getting in touch with your um, sincere intention to be kind and be wise and be clear and be compassionate. See what needs forgiving right now. And you might imagine a very wise being looking at you with compassionate eyes And whether you think of it as um, Jesus or Kuan Yin or the Dalai Lama or somebody who knows you and who really cares about you and loves you. See if you can feel their forgiveness and their compassion for you and send that to yourself. Nobody benefits from beating ourselves up. May I forgive myself. May I forgive myself for my humanity. If you want, you might write something down as a, a forward edge of your practice, what needs forgiveness. And, uh, Reflect on that these next, these next days. This is your forward edge. This is, this is what's getting in the way of you and celebrating yourself. Okay, and now for the fourth reflection. Another new Pali word that I didn't know before. And I don't know if I'm spelling it right. I know how it's pronounced. Um, I'll just spell it as it's, as it's pronounced. 
Chagana Sati, or it might be Chagana Sati. Sati is mindfulness, as probably most of you know, and Chagana Sati is mindfulness of your beautiful qualities. I got so excited when I heard this word. Oh, how cool. I talk about this all the time. There's actually a Pali word for it. Chagana Sati mindfulness of the Buddha right inside of you, or the kingdom of heaven, however you want to name it. That this is important for us to see, to not miss while we're berating ourselves, all of the goodness inside, including the good actions that come out of that goodness, the Buddha talks about reflecting on our wholesome deed. Whoops, you got to put on mute. Um, that when you have done a wholesome deed, that you can reflect on it and let it bring you joy. So just as a little reflection right now, okay, uh, if you'd like, you can close your eyes. Think back to this, this past year. And remember some wholesome deeds, acts that you, that you did. Maybe you were there for somebody. Maybe you showed your caring. Maybe you shared your talents or your skills in a way that benefited others. Maybe even beyond the actions that you had moments of true sincerity and compassion for yourself or your others. And just take a few moments going back through the through this year. And reflect on your wholesome deeds. And when you when you think of one. Don't skip to the next one, just hang out with it for a few moments. So you really get, oh yeah, sometimes some good things come out of here. And then get in touch with the source of those deeds, kindness, compassion, joy, love. Where did they come from? They must have come from a good heart somewhere. And just delight in that. You've been gifted with a really good heart. And then you open your eyes and write down the qualities that you really appreciate about yourself. 
Go ahead. Don't miss them. Celebrate them. And as I like to say, they're yours and they're not yours. Life has given them to you and they come out in a unique way through you. So you can celebrate with gratitude, kind of completes the circuit, celebrate with gratitude that life has given that to you and celebrate that they're who you really are when the mind isn't contracted or confused or lost. Mm. And then just take a few more moments and um, just enjoy that chaganasati, just reflecting on your own goodness. Celebrate yourself. Is that uh, that that uh, Walt Whitman line? Um, uh, I am bigger than I than I thought I was. I did not know so much goodness uh, was in me. Something like that. Okay. Okay, so here are four reflections that you can uh, come back to this week when you want to keep on opening your heart and then uh, for the rest of your life uh, up until your last moments. Uh, why not go in that direction? And uh, I think I'll, I'll stop here and we have a, a few minutes uh, if we'd like some conversation, if anyone has any comments, questions, or reflections, anything that you want to bring up, you can just either raise your hand visually or uh, hit the reactions button on the bottom, uh, and you'll go to the raise hand digitally, um, or unmute yourself. We'll just see if there's any Anything that comes up? Yeah, Larry, hi. Oh, unmute, you gotta unmute yourself. Hi, okay, can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, um, when you said something I, about appreciating yourself, there was just a few seconds, something happened to me today that I was really beaming about um and prideful i was on a walk and i was passing someone who had lived near me next to me actually and uh now lives someplace else and we always had bad feelings mm. going between us mm -hmm. there were just nothing but problems to this next door neighbor mm -hmm. and as i walked past him and he was kind of scowling at me like he always did and does mm -hmm. 
all I could do was smile at him. Just, I mean, and I was so proud of my instant <laughs> reaction to smile at this man. Um, what were you feeling when you were smiling at him? It just, just, uh, I don't want to hold, I'm not holding any grudge. Mm -hmm. I was feeling not judgmental or good. Um, and uh, let's see, there was one, and it was a few, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. So it was just, uh, it was just a very nice moment. Beautiful. Okay. So now just before we go on to the next person. So there you were smile. It just came out of you. Did you? Right. Oh, did you I know what I want to say. Yeah. A, a, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I would not have done that. Mm hmm. Okay. And I, so something is, is uh, the practice is deepening and there you're more in touch with that natural um, goodwill. Yes. Okay. So now let me ask you, was it, was it premeditated? You, did you say, I'm going to try to smile right now? No, okay. No, it just was, it just it was came. who I was in that moment. Okay, so now just one little tweak as far as the Adharma uh, point. Like I said before, um, it's yours and not yours. When you said, I was proud of myself, I think uh -huh. it's great uh -huh. to celebrate, celebrate how that just naturally comes through you. Right. Because in the moment that you say, oh, look at me. Mm. It, it takes away from the celebration, uh, mm. just a touch. I mean, it's beautiful. Do, keep on doing it. Sometimes you have to do you ha, what's called prompted consciousness until it becomes unprompted. That's okay. But in that moment, oh, look at what just came through me. Like the Buddha right. says, ah, when you're feeling a wholesome moment, just notice how good it feels coming through you. And you don't even have to take credit. Then you you celebrated even more. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Got it? Yeah. Yeah. Eliminating the self. Beautiful. The process. <laughs> yeah. And, and with humility. So, with uh, humility. With humility. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Anything else? Don't have that much more time, but what's anything else coming up for people? Going once, going twice. Okay, then uh, then we have time. You know, when Eve is here, uh, she always brings music or does a song. So I, I thought if we had time, we'd end with a song. Uh, oh, there uh, is there a class next week? Somebody asked. Yes, there definitely is. It's the thirtieth. So and and next week actually I want to do a, um, a an end of the year ritual. So if you come, uh, we can we can do a little bit more on um, end of the year um, um, celebration, reflection, and moving into the new year. So um, I thought we could sing end with a song. You have to mute yourself, unfortunately, but I want want you to be singing. Oh, let me see if I can, uh, wait, I want to make sure I have 
because uh, I have the lyrics up somewhere. Ah, yes. Okay. So I'm going to share the screen. Whoops. And where is it? Here it is. Uh, a song that you know about heading towards the light. I can see clearly. So um, please uh, sing along with me. Can everybody see that? Can you see it? Okay. And uh, this doesn't have to be sappy. It doesn't have to be, oh my God, you know, I can see clearly. Yeah, this is, that's what the word Vipassana means, to see things clearly. And when you are seeing clearly and you're just facing in the right direction, um, that's all you need. And sure, there are, there are days that it's not bright and sunshiny, but you just keep on facing towards towards the light and uh, everybody will feel your light. So please sing it with me. You know this one. We can do the um, the, the uh, chorus a little bit. It's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day. It's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day. All right, I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind It's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day Again, it's gonna be bright sunshiny day I think I can make it now the pain is gone all of the bad feelings have disappeared here is that rainbow I've been praying for it's gonna be a bright bright sunshiny day it's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day. Look all around, nothing but new blue skies. Look straight ahead, nothing but blue skies, blue skies. see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way gone are the dark clouds that had me blind it's gonna be bright bright sunshiny day it's gonna be a bright bright sunshiny day keep facing towards the light it's gonna be bright bright sunshiny day let your light shine it's gonna be bright bright sunshiny day okay so with that let's just do a quick closing i'll take off the screen share and here we are
as we go through the week. Stay in touch with gratitude, open to forgiveness when possible, just to let go of that tightness in your heart. Forgive yourself. Now is the only time to be whole. And to reflect on your goodness and share it with the world. And may our coming here together be of benefit to ourselves, everyone in our life, and ripple out to be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings know gratitude and forgiveness, know their goodness, and know the highest happiness and peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.